From emerging and advancing photonics technologies to roundtable discussions with industry experts and talks with scientists and students entrenched in the furrows of photonics and optics research and everything in between. Join us for Following the Photons, a photonics podcast, hosted by Justine Murphy, Multimedia Director with Endeavor Business Media's Design and Engineering Group. We'll take you on a deep dive into the realm of one of the most exciting and fastest advancing industries in the world. Hello there, I'm Justine Murphy with Laser Focus World. Welcome to Following the Photons, a photonics podcast. I'm thrilled to be talking today with Alexis Vogt, the endowed chair and professor of optics at Monroe Community College in Rochester, New York, where she also leads the only optical systems technology program in the U.S. Hi, Alexis. How are you? Hey, Justine. It's great to be here. I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm so happy to have you on our inaugural episode of the podcast. Honored to be here and to talk with you. I saw several weeks ago um, that SPIE chose you for the 2023 Maria Eastwell Educator Award. Congratulations. How does that feel? Oh my gosh. Thank you, Justine. Oh, it's an incredible honor. It really truly is. I had no idea that I would ever be following in such wonderful footsteps that Maria herself laid and that so many other people have followed in her path since then. So I'm truly honored uh, to be recognized in that. Uh, I'm really proud of the work that our team here at Monroe Community College has been doing in the optics space, but there's so much more that still lies ahead that's really exciting. And that's what keeps me coming back to work every day and keeps me really more energized than the day prior to continue our work moving forward. That's so exciting. How did you get your start in this career path? I mean, now you're educating others, but what what brought you here in the first place? Sure. Well, you know, when I think back to how did I ever even learn about optics in the first time in my life, I go all the way back to grad to grade school when in fifth grade, my dad and I built a periscope together. So I think really that was my initial introduction and being fascinated by how the light moved through the mirrors and you could bend the light and control what you could see. It really excited me, but truly it wasn't until I ended up at the University of Rochester as an undergraduate that I learned you could study this field. And so I studied optics at the Institute of Optics at the University of Rochester for my undergraduate studies and then decided I wanted to teach in in the area. And so I stayed for my PhD and then realized I wanted some exposure and experience in the optics industry. And the idea of creating novel products and innovations was really intriguing to me. So I first joined Bausch & Lomb, where I was designing contact lenses and interocular lenses, and I loved it. I loved the ability to help people see better and therefore live better lives. And that was a great opportunity for me to travel around the world and talk about contact lens designs and the benefits that come with wearing a Bausch & Lomb contact lens or having cataract surgery with a Bausch & Lomb interocular lens. It was fascinating, really wonderful work. I then segued and I transitioned into a job working at Mel's Grio, IDEX. And that was a position for me to get more into the pure optics space. And it was there as I was developing technologies and working with a wonderful team of people to provide products that went into the defense space, to the biomedical space, the imaging space, that I recognized firsthand the shortage of optics technicians. That was when I realized this is a really big problem. And it started internally in-house. So we would have 
at the start of every day, a standing only meeting. And you were only allowed to stand because when we stand, we talk for less time. So is it geared to be five <laughs> minutes or less? And you had to stand up and talk about the orders that had come in in the last 24 hours and the shipments that had to go out that day. So I started there, joined the company, and we have this meeting and we're talking about number one customer, they're paying double, it has to go out today. And someone else would very sheepishly say, Dennis isn't here. And then we talk about another project. Well, Dennis can't get this until later. Oh, Dennis is going to be tied up. Dennis, I kept thinking, who is this amazing Dennis Dennis? person? Dennis never shows up to this (laughs) meeting, but we talk about Dennis in every single project. And so then I went around to the office and I'm canvassing the office, reading all the door name tags of the big offices, everybody with their big swanky offices and nobody's named Dennis. (laughs) Dennis is not the CEO, the CFO, the CTO. And I learned that Dennis was, without a doubt, the most important person in this then 85-person company. Dennis is an optics technician from the MCC Optics Program. And it was evident that without Dennis, products did not ship out the door. So, of course, I thought, well, I can help this company. Here I am, a new hire. (laughs) Let me tell you what you all can do. You all need another dentist. (laughs) And they said, "Uh, yeah, thanks, but uh, we can't find one. I said, what do you mean you can't find one? Mm -hmm. It wasn't until then that I learned that Monroe Community College was the only school in the entire world where you could get an associate's degree in precision optics. In the entire world? In the entire world, Justine. Oh my gosh. In the entire world. And at oh that gosh. time, there were only five students in the program. So our what? entire optics industry That's was crazy. being supported by the only academic training program was right here at Monroe Community College. And when you think about other trades, plumbers, welders, electricians, they have apprenticeship programs, they have trade schools, they have community college programs. And in our world of optics, our ever increasingly present world of optics, the training program had five students in it. And that was my motivation to switch gears. Mm -hmm. And that was what I, what led me to join and lead the optics program here at Monroe community college. Now, very frankly, I thought I was taking this job to fill the need in the Rochester region where here we have over 120 optics companies I started talking to all my colleagues and they all said, oh yeah, we need more people like Dennis. We don't have a dentist over here either. We have this huge shortage of optics technicians. And so I recognized the need in the Rochester community. What surprised me was that shortly after I started, I would get cold calls from Amazon, Microsoft, Google, asking to hire our students, come tour our labs, understand what we were doing because they too are dependent upon optics technicians, Mm -hmm. but they didn't exist anywhere. So what we needed to do was to strengthen this program, grow this program, totally revamp the program. We had outdated equipment. We had outdated curriculum. Everything needed to be restructured. And then ultimately the goal has been to do the restructuring, build upon that, and graduate more technicians, train more people. And now the vision has evolved from not only serving the Rochester community, but expanding that to around the whole country Mm -hmm. and to even around the world because the need exists around the world as well. Right. Absolutely. 
we have a program that is designed to be a one-year certificate. And I say designed to be because many of our students come in, they start in our program, and then they get a job immediately. So rather than taking a full load of classes, they might take mm -hmm. one or two classes a semester. So that extends the certificate out farther than one year time frame. But we have a one-year certificate. We have a two-year associate's degree program. Both of those pathways lead immediately to employment, to jobs, immediately to jobs. We graduated last year 47 students in our program, and 100% of them received jobs in the optics industry. That's fantastic. All of, our, all of our students are getting jobs. In fact, one of the problems we have is that the students get a job before they finish the program. And so <laughs> oh, no. in, in my book, that's a success. That's a win. We're helping fill the need in the optics community. The students are really highly sought after. So in addition to our one-year certificate and our two-year associate's degree program, we also have a two-plus-two program where we are training students for two years here, and then they transfer on to either the University of Rochester's Institute of Optics, Rochester Institute of Technology's Imaging Science program, or the University of Arizona's College of Optical Sciences. At either of those three schools, they would stay for two additional years and then walk away with a bachelor's degree. Oh my gosh. So for someone... Fantastic. Yes, it is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I wish I had known about this program <laughs> a long time ago. For mm -hmm. someone who knows they want to pursue a bachelor's degree and become an engineer as opposed to a technician, you end up with the same degree that many of us, myself, have from their bachelors, but you effectively are paying half the price because the right. first two years are significantly, significantly mm -hmm. cheaper well, here sure. at Monroe Community yeah. College as opposed to the four-year institutions. So we have students who are coming in for a variety of different options, and really our goal is to meet them and to help them where they are and where they want to go. So mm -hmm. in addition to some of those formal established programs, we have workshops that we offer. We have a 40-hour workshop that we run in diamond turning. We have another 40-hour workshop that we run in magnetic rheological finishing MR, using our MRF machine that we have here. And we are also now rolling out the first of its kind optics apprenticeship around the whole country. So Optimax here in our backyard in Rochester they were the first company to start an optics apprenticeship, and it's been a very successful program for them. What we are now doing through our program here at MCC is rolling out that apprenticeship program started by Optic, Optimax and rolling that around the whole country. So we have now 11 companies in six different states who have an optics apprenticeship. And the way that that program works, the students join our classes and if they're in the Rochester region, they come in person. If they are outside of the Rochester region, they join our classes remotely over Zoom. So they're participating over Zoom. And then they travel to campus in January and in June to complete the hands-on component of the lab. So we actually have a couple of apprentices who are here on campus with us right now who are getting that hands-on component. We just take the entire semester's worth of labs and we condense them into a tight time frame. So we want to make sure that the hands-on component that's imperative to everything that we're doing is still maintained, even for people who work at LaCroix and live in Arkansas, for example. Right, right. So we have an apprentice of theirs who's here on our campus right now completing the hands-on training to oh, then nice. end up with the credentials. It's a great program. So our goal really here is to do everything that we can to train the optics workforce around the world. Okay. And so that has grown, obviously, but how are you 
is there still a struggle to get people attracted to this and interested in this? And how are you addressing that? It, it is. That is in, that's a great question because it is still a challenge for us to bring people in because although we all use optics in all of our daily lives, I mean, think about this podcast alone, right? Where the ability of our phones to record, our ability yes. to communicate, this is all optics enabled technology. So we mm -hmm. all are carrying optical devices with us every single place we go every single day. But the challenge is people don't realize it's called optics. What I'm trying to do is to spread the word about what is optics. I mean, this is everything from the precision optics manufacturing that we're trading to our smartphones, to national security, military operations, the assets and systems within the military, night vision goggles, satellites, weapons guided missiles, autonomous vehicles, backup cameras in cars, our smart watches, our smartphones. I mean, this list goes on and on and on. We could spend the whole mm -hmm. podcast just talking about what optical right. applications and devices there are. But we don't have the familiarity within our world to recognize that that all together is called optics and that right. you can study that. So in fact, what I have found to be really successful when I go into high schools or I'm working with community-based organizations is to ask first the participants their hobbies. So if I'm going into one of our high school dual enrollment programs, of which we have 19 different high schools teaching my introduction to optics class in their own high school to their own students. So I share my Is curriculum. Is that in your region or That's everywhere? That's in our region. That's in oh, our wow. region. We're looking to expand that around the yeah. country. So oh, if you absolutely. know of any other high schools yes. around the country interested <laughs> in adding nice. introduction to optics, let me know. <laughs> we, I give the curriculum to the teachers. The teachers teach the curriculum in their class. And then the students who successfully complete it, they receive college credit. And then in addition to that, they've learned about the wow. world of optics. So when I go out to these high schools, I will ask the students to introduce themselves, share their name, what year they are, and then tell me what some of their hobbies are. What yeah. we have found is that the people who make excellent Optics technicians, artists, musicians, okay. gamers, chefs, mechanics, athletes. So I don't huh. go into the high schools asking, raise your hand if you love math and science. Raise right. your hand if you know you want to go into a <laughs> STEM field, right? I mean, but people, because they don't have the awareness of what our field entails, it's an opportunity for me to open up their eyes and explore a different career path. So I come about it from the backwards angle, really. What are your interests? And what we can train you here in our labs on campus is how to translate that skill set that you already possess from your own interests and hobbies into being an excellent optics technician. So I will go into these high schools and tell these students, yeah. the, the gamers <laughs> seem to love this the most, like, believe it or not, video gaming is actually helpful for you because right. it is the hand-eye coordination. And really those are the skills we're looking for. And we will then teach the students the optics side of things. We've had some students who come in concerned about their level of math. And the way that we've overcome that mm -hmm. is we've, in fact, created our own applied math class. So historically, we had sent our students to the math department. We have a wonderful math department here at MCC. And we'd sent them to the math department to go learn the math, the trig, the algebra, what's necessary in our optics industry. And inevitably, we've had many students who have just not been able to perform well enough to pass those classes or to achieve success within this math realm. 
the missing link has been that thought we've all had before where you sit in a classroom and go, now, why do I have to learn this? How am I ever going to use this in my life? So what we've done is we've created our own math class that's applied. So it's math, but it's applied to how you're then going to go right after that class into the lab to manufacture an optic. So the math you're doing, you know, you're not even realizing you're using math when you're manufacturing these optics, but you are. We're going to teach you the math you Mm -hmm. need to know, and that's going to make you successful. And so we have overcome some of those challenges, but really to broaden the scope for students who are interested in this field has been recruiting artists, musicians, gamers, athletes, chefs, mechanics. They're the people who we have the data now to show are making excellent optics technicians in our industry. You're right. I mean, people don't realize exactly what optics and photonics encompasses. Well, so what are what are some other things that you are working on outside of the education realm? We are we're continuing to grow our program. So the mm-hmm. recruiting that you were just asking about is still a Absolutely. really important thing to us. In addition to that, as we bring in more students, one of the key priorities that I have uh, that my team is supporting wonderfully is to diversify our student body. So we've mm-hmm. really had a concerted effort on how can we change what the optics industry looks like? And it starts really with us, who we're bringing in and who we're training. So we are now to about 23% of our students are female and 25% of our students are students of color. So we've grown this program where now we went from five students to 129 students and we're diversifying okay. that student body. So we're really continuing to push that we can have an optics industry that is diverse because when we add more diversity, we have better Mm -hmm. ideas, we have more thought, we can be more creative, we can be more innovative, we can solve problems in different ways. So the diversity element is something that's been really important to me since I joined and we're moving the needle on that. So we will continue those efforts moving forward as we grow. Has that been a particular challenge? I would say getting, you know, like females and, you know, just that. Yeah. What what has helped, I think, is me being in the program, me leading this. I mean, when I started here, I was the diverse candidate because I was the female in the classroom with all the male students. Now that I'm out in the high schools and I'm recruiting more high school students and they see me as a female, as the professor, well, Mm -hmm. now they're coming into the program. So I think certainly just my own presence has helped with that. But is that a constant struggle? Yes. Yes, it is. It continues. It continues to be because we still have this misunderstanding about what optics even entails. One of the other things that we are dedicating time toward this year is to also grow the people, the number of people and the diversity of the people who are helping us teach our classes. So we need adjuncts because it's imperative that we keep our class sizes small Mm -hmm. so that the students can get ample time on all of the equipment. But as we grow and we have to maintain smaller class sizes, we obviously therefore need more sections of the same class. And that requires more people to teach. So we are constantly looking for more people who are willing to help us teach. So those would be adjuncts who would help teach classes. We also now extensively rely upon teaching assistants Mm -hmm. to help be another set of hands in the lab and to help with the process of teaching a course and be available for additional office hours to answer any questions. So we're relying upon both current students and recent graduates of our program to help out with that, but we are widely looking for more help to teach our classes as we continue to grow. So that is certainly another area of emphasis for us. 
Mm-hmm. We also continue to strengthen our partnerships with our companies that we rely upon. We have a very active and participants in our optics advisory board. That's critical to our success is understanding mm-hmm. what the industry needs. And so we learned that through our partners. It's that partnership approach that really helps us deliver to the optics companies what they need. Okay. And thanks, thankfully, through the work that we've been doing, we recently secured a $5.2 million grant from the Department of Defense called Deeper Ops. And oh, wow. this is a continue on from a previous grant that we just finished. Uh, the previous grant from the Department of Defense Office of Naval Research was a $3.5 million grant that enabled us to expand our equipment, uh, purchase additional state-of-the-art optics equipment, and also expand the breakdown of the team that I have right here so that we could add more people onto this team. So my team had been supported by this previous grant, and very fortunately, we were successful in bringing on another grant, this one from the Department of Defense Office of STEM, for $5.2 million. It's a three-year grant, but the great news is it means I can keep my team. So these wonderful people Fantastic. who work side by side with me <laughs> now get paychecks too. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, nice. <laughs> so through those deliverables, we are continuing to grow enrollment. We're continuing to expand our apprenticeship program. We are continuing to work very closely with our industry partners and create more opportunities for our students to connect with the industry and for them to really understand what this industry is all about. And then ultimately the goal is to support the optics industry that is so critical to things like our nation's security Mm -hmm. and the future advancements ahead. Right. And so from your perspective, which is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit different from, you know, say someone who works at a company manufacturing optics or a research team or things like that, you know, like a direct research from your perspective, what does the industry look like now? What we are seeing from our vantage point here at Monroe Community College is a request for students of ours around the entire country, from Amazon to MIT Lincoln Labs, where we've sent students for summer internships and full-time jobs, to Lockheed Martin in Florida, to NASA Goddard, all of these areas. And of course, significantly here in the Rochester region as well, are in need of optics technicians. And so what that says to me is that our industry is continuing to be the industry that's innovating. That's the backbone to nearly every intervention that's hitting us, whether it's something in the consumer space or it's something related to space exploration or Mm -hmm. it's providing wireless internet access to remote areas in Africa where there's no running water or electricity. Optics and photonics were the enabling technologies to lead us there. So what that translates to then is the really strong need for our students. These companies are coming to us and requesting more students than we are able to provide. So we're coming up with creative ways in which we can train more students so that they can enter into this workforce. We're also seeing a really unique transition that's putting an emphasis on regions and cities working together. Buffalo, Rochester, and Syracuse were recently designated as a tech hub. And what this means is the opportunity for this region to compete for some really significant funding from the Department of Defense, from the U.S. government, 
that would then provide the infrastructure for the semiconductor industry specifically. Mm-hmm. So we are partnering these three distinct cities and we're partnering across community-based organizations, four-year research institutions, academic centers like community colleges, and all of the non-governmental organizations from Buffalo, from Rochester and Syracuse to partner together, to work together, to figure out how can we provide a robust semiconductor industry and an ecosystem. And that's novel. So that's not MCC just applying for a grant and doing the work that we can control here. We now have a much broader scope and with more people, with more ideas, we can create more work and therefore accomplish a lot more. And we're not alone in this region, by the way. There are technology hub designations in Montana and in New Jersey and other areas as well where we're seeing the same thing. And I think that's a really strong indicator that this industry we're all so fortunate to be a part of is the cutting edge technology. This is what is enabling our future advancements. Yeah, absolutely. And so what does the, we just entered a brand new year. What does this year and I guess beyond look like for you guys or for the industry? We are trying, well, I can speak first to what's happening here at Mm Monroe Community College. So our immediate deliverables are to fulfill our deeper ops grant, recently awarded $5.2 million grant from the Department of Defense Office of STEM. And that involves growing enrollment, diversifying enrollment, expanding our high school dual enrollment partnership program, working more closely with our industry partners as well. We are also integral with the National Science Foundation funded program called Stellar, of which the University of Rochester Institute of Optics is the lead on and we are a strong partner with. And we are working in that regard to enhance our laser technology programs. So we're looking in that specific area as well. We continue to partner with organizations like Luminate and the optics and photonics startup work that they're doing and provide Mm -hmm. the workers that are needed in that space as well. We are also doing a lot of work that's because we have these fabulous facilities, fabulous facilities, which I'm sitting in right now. Mm -hmm. We have companies coming to us asking to use our equipment to rent out our space that we have. So to we have rent already it out? to rent out our space wow. to use the equipment that we have here. So we've done some yeah. work in the past with Circle Optics. Uh, we have Lumetrics, a partnership we're working on to, mm-hmm. that's forthcoming as well. We do some work with our diamond turning lathe, the Center for Freeform Optics at the University of Rochester. Mm-hmm. So there are ways in which we're trying to continue to innovate ourselves and be creative and figure out how can we support the optics industry, not only by training the workforce, but providing the instruments, the tools that we have here as a way for the industry to be better supported and to continue to advance. So I see 2024 as a really exciting year, a continued year of growth for us here. We are looking to expand continually our enrollment, to diversify our enrollment and to strengthen the partnerships that we have. So ultimately we can train more optics technicians and optics engineers who want to continue on in programs Mm -hmm. such as the two plus two program as well. We're also partnering with the University of Rochester so that some of their students will come take our labs here. We'll come and take our classes. So we have state-of-the-art lens designers down the road at the University of Rochester graduating from the Institute of Optics. But what the University of Rochester doesn't have are the same optical fabrication labs that we have here. So by bringing those students into our labs, 
We can therefore train lens designers who have made lenses before. So this mm-hmm. will help our entire industry. They'll become, they'll be better, they'll be more well-rounded. So we're looking to expand that as well. So partnerships are really critical to our 2024 and everything that we are trying to do. And we couldn't even be where we are right now without those partnerships. So I'm just so grateful for partnerships from the optics industry who are supporting mm-hmm. the work that we do, particularly when they send employees to us or when they send adjuncts to us from their employee base and and partners like us in like laser focused world and the ability to share what we're doing. So I'm just grateful, Justine, to you and your team for what you're doing, for the opportunity to talk with you. And it's going to be a wonderful 2024. Thank you so much. I love your perspective. And you're really, really trying to shape and mold and, you know, make the future of this industry and the students that you're teaching just help everything to be successful. It's so fantastic. Uh, Well, thank you. It's a team of people and I'm fortunate to, to be here and to be really just really blessed to be doing this work. That does it for this edition of Following the Photons, a photonics podcast. I'd like to thank our guests for joining me today and sharing their interesting perspectives and expertise. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast feed to keep up with what's happening around the industry and to listen to new and archived episodes. And follow us on social media too. Until next time, keep following the photons.